Welcome to episode 89 of the ABC GCI Coffee Break Podcast. I am Mike Maloney. I am joined by Keila Rodriguez-Santiago, our student affairs advisor. Episode 89. Can you believe it? We're marching our way to episode 100. Kayla, are you ready for the 100th episode? I am ready. We are We are almost there, almost at the 100 mark, and I'm super excited. Really? You know what else is exciting? Back yeah. to school. Whoop, 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 whoop. Back to school time. Yep, it's a crazy yeah. time here in the office. But um, we're going to talk about back to school. But let's talk about our sponsors. Our presenting sponsor for the podcast is Haztec Safety Management. They've been in business for 25 years, and they are uh, partner with clients to solve their safety challenges and support their sites. Haztec Safety Management is the largest, uh, most diverse team of full-time safety experts in North America. And it is their mission to enrich the health, safety, and well-being of their employees, the customers, and the communities. You can learn more about Haztech by visiting haztechinc.com. And then our lightning round sponsor for again this month is the Gould Construction Institute. And it's a good tie-in with our back to school. Uh, a lot of our students attend the Gould Construction Institute locations. Um, Kale and I have been at the locations doing orientations. Kale's been doing a bang up job up in Andover. Uh, what do you think so far? I mean, I, I heard some good things about Taunton, too. But, yeah, I've been doing student orientations out in Andover. Next week, we're in Manchester. It's been a lot of fun. We had T-shirts, um, you know, just throwing T-shirts into the crowd. I did have our students do the waves, and they were super, super, you know, receptive to that. So I loved, you know, just just having fun with them, giving them the information they need. You know, the, the GCI staff has been all throughout Massachusetts this week and next week to go ahead and and – and make sure that these student orientations happen. So shout out to the GCI team. We are small, but mighty. That's right. And then, you know, I uh, was in Taunton last night to uh, yeah. time doing a virtual orientation for a lot of the virtual students. But for those that don't know out there, they're listening. The Gould Construction Institute has been the education and training affiliate for ABC Massachusetts since 1983. Been around a long time. Uh, they've taught over 21, 22,000 tradespeople, which is pretty amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. And, Every year since I've been here, since 2020, we've done like a orientation type of thing. We did a virtual because of COVID. Now that we're back in person, it's nice to be out the locations, talking to students, uh, seeing the expressions on their faces and showing them and teaching them. Kale did a nice job putting a presentation together. But it's nice to be out in the schools. Um, it's a lot of work uh, with 10 locations spread around the state. We were all of the staff. There's not many of us visiting different locations. And to have the school president, Julie DiStefano, out there visiting students, I think it's an amazing uh, a way to show the students that we care about them. I know that Kayla uh, is, does, a, does a great job. And uh, it's pretty, back to school is always very exciting here. Very exciting. Lots going on in the background, you know, <laughs> yeah. on top of doing all our regular daily tasks. Now you got to travel and be a presenter. And um, I have fun. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'll be looking forward to when back to school's kind of chugging right along and we can all relax a little bit. It's been a couple of crazy weeks. Um, this week on the podcast, we're having a great discussion with a, a friend of the construction industry, a gentleman by the name of Joseph Kelly. He is a consultant at Mass Construction Consultants. Uh, he's been around and involved in the trades for a long time. He's a, a, a you know knows a lot of people, hosts his own podcast, and it was an honor and a privilege to talk to him because he has a lot to talk about. So uh, let's hear it from Mr. Kelly. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Joe Kelly from the Mass. Mass Construction Consultants and the Mass Construction Show. Welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me, Mike. 
So uh, we've chatted back and forth a few times, and it's kind of a, a small world because you have your own podcast, and we have our podcast here, and we're going to meld them together for a little bit here and talk a bit about um, why. So introduce yourself, I guess. Tell us a bit about yourself, how you came to do what you're doing, and a bit about your podcast. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Joe Kelly, as Mike just mentioned, and came to do the podcast just through... Um, kind of scratching an itch, a filling a void that I felt was out there. My whole business is based around that. You know, I was a superintendent for for quite some time, uh, was a building inspector in Boston for quite some time. And there was information that I was always looking for, classes. And that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about maybe what you guys do at ABC. Um, classes that I wanted to take. I remember the first time being on the job as a super, it was, you know, it was two 40 story high rises. And I walked into the fire command center and there's a smoke control panel and a fire alarm control panel and all these bells and whistles and uh, all the systems in trouble versus an alarm versus a supervisory. And I didn't know what any of this stuff was. And I wanted to take a class on fire alarm systems so I could learn, but it just they weren't out there. I couldn't find them and then became a building inspector and I needed to know that even more. And I had to kind of learn on my own. And um, over the years, I had felt like I had learned so much through podcasts about things like marketing, uh, health, and things that really kind of like changed my life by being able to listen and learn. And I wanted to do the same thing with construction. I said, you know, I want to learn about construction. Podcasts is a great way to do it. But I was looking and I couldn't find anything. You know, there was back when I started, there was a construction tech trio from a commercial perspective, but I didn't necessarily want to just hear about construction tech. I wanted to hear about everything. So I figured, you know, well, if no one's doing it, I might as well do it and I'll get the opportunity to learn and even better learn firsthand because I get to ask the questions. And it's a lot like how we did it here too. So, you know, uh, we had talked to, I think it was OSHA, has this something about a podcast. And I had reached out to the folks here at ABC Mass uh, who had some experience with podcasts. Uh, he has the, one of the guys actually did like a fantasy football podcast. And uh, he had some experience with how to do it, how to record, how to edit, how to post, all that stuff. So uh, he helped get this off the ground. And, you know, we asked the members, it was fantastic. They, they wanted that uh, ability to hear other members, talk to other members, uh, you know, hear what their issues are you know they're probably going through the same thing no one can find people um and the fact that you know it gives them a voice it gives them a chance to um you know talk to about themselves right kind of like a commercial so uh, as far as what you know what our members enjoy you know from what we've been told on our end you know they like to hear about other members especially some of the new members because we do that a lot too we feature some new members uh we have some great sponsors that have been on the podcast to help us out uh, long-time standing, you know, uh, ABC members that have been on the podcast talking about their business. And then you talked about some of the training. So ABC, their uh, training and education affiliate is the Gould Construction Institute, which is I also work for. Uh, and they offer all the trainings for people. So if someone like yourself wanted to learn more about fire alarms or uh, construction supervisor license or project management. We were partnering with Wentworth to do that class as well. So you know, anybody has any questions about those, we can help with that. But it's about education, right? Teaching people, training people, showing people things. And that's what makes it so wonderful. And, and I know with your show, you've talked about a lot of great topics. You know, we talked about before was um, 
I like the climate change. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that. About climate change is kind of like a religion now, which I thought was very interesting because I think it's true. Uh, did you want? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean that was really. Um, it was just an interesting poll. I think it was by Gallup, and what was really surprising was the fact that um, you know the number of people that responded yes to the fact the statement that you know climate change is like a religion and is basically just being used to uh as a you know a cudgel <laughs> to, right. to, to to do things and um what really struck me as interesting was i think it was 40 something percent of democrats felt that way and to me that was just quite surprising because like i i really dislike the left and right world um there are things that i would be considered very left on and things that i'm considered very right on like i like i think plastic is the devil and i'd be happy if they banned fucking plastic right yep. but at the same time i can say hey i look at some of this esg and green stuff and the the circle doesn't square on it and i, I think you can hold both positions and uh, you know i just found it interesting the fact that hey you know what maybe i'm not alone right and and that's what i wanted i think the the message to be which is listen you know everyone wants to be like you know all in on climate change or the environment and i think being you know, protecting the environment is a wonderful thing, you know, and I, I have lots of episodes on that and how we can do it and how we should do it and what's a good way to do it. But I don't think it should just be like this whole hog, you know, you throw green on anything and everybody believes it. And, you know, and there's a lot of greenwashing going on too. And I think, um, I thought it was good for just people to know that, Hey, you're not alone. Everybody thinks that maybe, not everything's on the up and up with this and we should probably scratch the surface a little more. So let's do it right. Let's not just do it to put money in people's pockets, right? <laughs> do it to make people healthier and to protect, you know, not to be like what happened in East Pal Palestine. I always say it wrong with like right. that chemical spill. Like that's gross. Right. You know, like we should all be all over that and we should be, um, figuring out ways to solve that problem. So I think there's a there's a lot of bad things that um, companies or individuals do to the environment to make money, and I'm all about trying to clean that up. But I think let's look at it through a realistic lens that there are people that are using this to get leverage for themselves or to make money. Right. And, and Think, think how think how far the industry's come in the last, I don't know, a hundred years is probably too much, but hmm. say seventy-five years, right? How far construction is? You know, I've been involved in a few projects where you know companies were just pouring chemicals down the drains or pouring chemicals out the back door, right? Yeah. Uh, we, I worked for a company that bought a building, and uh, we couldn't get in the building because they were uh, pumping chemicals into the ground to eat the dry cleaning chemicals that were poured into the ground for sixty years. Right. Yeah. So that that's that that's crazy to me that people thought that was okay to do back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, can't can't get rid of this oil, let's just pour it in the ground, right? No one's gonna know the difference. But all that stuff comes back to and actually kind of get you. And I also liked how you talked about and it ties into community leadership. Mm 
I love how you talked about community leadership and I'd love for you to talk about that as well. Like what your thoughts are on, on that. Yeah. I, you know, I got onto it because I, I was asked by Wentworth to try and help them on. They were having a Dean's discussion, which is like a series of discussions on leadership. And, you know, I was taking part, I, I did an interview last night with um, Sean Lover from Columbia out there on campus. And then um, I did a talk on community leadership and, uh, you know, short of doing the whole, <laughs> the, the whole talk, um, it was just about realizing that, you know, you, you're not at the top and people are following you. Right. You know, the whole concept, uh, a community is a network of people and at best, you could say you might be in the middle, right? You could be the center of that and you could be the center of it through, you know, digital platforms, through personal connections, events, the phone and email. You could be the hub in the, the, the way you kind of lead is by helping others. And I think if you, you know, I had a little thing in there just for a joke, which was, uh, you know, the whole Alec Baldwin thing with Glenn Gary and Glenn Ross. Yes. Uh, where he's up there and he tells the guy to put the coffee down. <laughs> right? And, you know, and he starts talking about always be closing. Yep. And, um, you know, I just said, like, you just have to have the same tenacity as he did in there when he was screaming and swearing at them. But right. that you have to always be helping. Right. And I think if you're helping and trying to provide good information for people that is not about yourself or trying to put out information that benefits you, then that's how you kind of lead a community, right? So help others provide good information via a podcast, via a class, via, you know, posts on social media and if you do that and people see that you're putting out information that's for them and not for yourself, that's kind of the way you can lead a community. And I hate to even use the word lead a community, but I would say kind of be the hub of a community. But I think it's important, right? Because you think of some of the, in the construction world, the companies that are successful or have been around for a long time are those leaders in the community, right? They're not just tearing down buildings and building 40 foot high rises or 44 high rises, but they care about the community, right? They will ask the community, they will work with the community. They're not, you know, leaving trash everywhere. They're cleaning up the streets. They're, they're making the neighborhood better than it was when they first went in there. So I think being, you know, they work closely with the people in the neighborhood, I think, which is fantastic. And I think that's what leadership, you know, is all about. And those are the companies I said, have been around for hundred years, 150 years. You know, they're not going anywhere. They're not, couple of guys working in a van, you know, and two guys in a wheelbarrow and a couple of two by fours, right? These are big companies and they mm -hmm. care about the, the communities that they're in, which is fantastic. Um, as I, mean, far I, would, as the, I would even say to go more on that, which is people can see really quickly and everybody realizes we all need to make money, whether we're a developer or a laborer or whatever we are, everybody is trying to be successful and make money, but people can tell real quick if you're just there to take and you're a developer that's gonna try and squeeze every last thing dime you can out of the community and, and not give back versus 
okay, this person's here and they are actually willing to help the community. And yeah, they're going to benefit along the way. And you could even say with the podcast, right? We do this podcast. I'd be lying if I said, I don't get any benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? I certainly do get benefits out of it. And that's great. And I should, and so should you, because you're you're doing the work, right? But if I rolled out and you rolled out on the podcast every time, and it was about talking about, oh, hey, here's what I can do for this. And here's what I can do for that. And, and it was all about my business. Well, then I'm not there for the community. I'm there for myself. Right. So 99% of the podcasts I do have nothing to do with what I even do. Right. But but it's interesting stuff. Right. And I like, I'm sure you feel the same way. You're probably like that woman, your most recent one um, that worked for the survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not survive the, um, fate, the fatality. Right. Yep. Group for them. Like, what an amazing story. I wanted to call her and have her on too. Cause I was like, yeah. how does we're in the industry? How do we not know that exists? Right. 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 Maybe, will, will you tell people just a little bit about, no, sorry. I'm, that's great. Not no, my podcast. I can't do that. Here. No, I but love yeah. it. I, I think it's great. So we talked to Rena Harrington uh, and she is a woman um, whose son was killed in a horrific accident uh, up in Gloucester, Mass. He was working for a company. He was underneath a building using a bobcat type of machine that was used to dig out. They had to put a heating system in, in the basement, um, on a, like a remodeled home. And they had lifted the house up and he was underneath and he was digging out the basement. And um, they believe that his bucket may have gotten stuck on a piece of granite or a piece of ledge, I guess. And the machine threw him up into the ceiling of where he was and pinned him uh, underneath the building. And so much force, there was no cage, no safety things there. That yeah. he was crushed and, and was just killed. Yeah, uh, he was working by himself, which was horrible. Um, he was he had told his boss how unsafe the work site was, the job site was. The boss said, "Listen, it's the job. It's a small company. It is what it is. You got to get the job done. Do it or else, or whatever." And um, mm-hmm. uh, his boss came back to the job site and, and heard the machine kind of running and running around the corner and he was he was unfortunately passed away so uh she works very closely with the nonprofit there to um to help other people very nice woman i could definitely connect you guys she would love to to speak to to anybody she loves spreading the word um because i didn't even know this people existed either no Uh, and just because you know april is working memorial month they do a lot of great things for for families who have had uh you know been affected by a fatality the workplace so yeah, and she it's a national. With, she's from Massachusetts, but national group, the national uh, nonprofit. Yep, she helps yeah. people from all over the all over the country about uh, with could be you know. And she said in the podcast, some people are waiting a year to get a report from somebody, or uh, you know, or the one being, that Minnesota charges fifteen hundred bucks to get the report. report. Yep, crazy. Yeah, imagine you've just lost a child or a spouse or whatever and now you get a shell out a thousand bucks to yep. you know it's just to just to get the report it's like, just horrible. yeah it's it's hard uh and then let's say just it's a, it's a it's a it was a great story and it was a um you know i think it's a story we have to spread out there and you know her maybe connecting with you and your listeners and your and people on your show she would love to come out and talk to you and uh her story is you know and the fact now that she's helping other people right she's out there working with people and families, like she said, they try to place people with maybe the same 
circumstances, I guess, where, you know, if you lost your father in an accident, maybe they connect you with another family who lost their father, and then you can share your story and and, and talk to one another and, and grieve together. So it's a great, it's yeah. great piece. Yeah, no, I, 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 I loved it. And she's a very positive woman too, nice. you know, despite what, you know, what had happened. And, you know, I, I guess it's, it's nice that that organization can kind of give her some meaning too. Right. Right. And I, I said that to her, so at least, you know, if your son is looking down on you saying all the great things you're doing to help other people. And if you can prevent another accident from happening or, you know, and then, um, the, the the small amount of fines that had been levied against the company that he was working for blew my mind. It was a very mm-hmm. small amount. You know, she said they paid this very small fine and I lost my son. So, you know, it's a yeah. horrific yeah. thing. And, and it's, it, it, it's funny, you don't, it's not, the fatalities aren't publicized as much as you think they would be. You know, right. I hadn't heard of that one. Um, and you think of just even uh, like a few come to the top of my mind. So like you had the construction fire where the two firefighters were killed. Right. Um, That was a result of construction. You had the guy by government center that fell. And I, I I didn't do enough research. I would love to say their names, but I, you know, I don't know it. Um, And then there was the the Matt, it was Maddox and Higgins that were in the trench in Boston that died and then uh, the power station I don't know did that did were there deaths there in South Boston over the summer they had the oh they did they fall I think they got hurt real bad someone fell from something yeah no so it's 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 happening you know and 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 it's wild how reactive companies are right so after this the fire there uh where they you know they were welding and a spark with an oily rag or something like that. Now, you know, the city of Boston makes everybody go through the hot works training, right? Yep. So, to, so, so they're working safely. And then, you know, city of Boston requires a different hot works than say outside the city. You know, we offer hot works training for, 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 you know, our members, you know, mm-hmm. there's a couple of different versions as in-person hot works classes, but again, how reactive, right? So why didn't we make sure that people had that training before all this happened? Why mm-hmm. are we waiting until someone dies, right? Why can't we be, more on the forefront to make sure everybody's working safe because you got people like OSHA, Niosh, right? You know, mm-hmm. you got people out there trying to keep people safe. And we talked about that. Even with Rena, I said to her, uh, so many companies talk about safety first, making sure that when you come to work, you get to go home. But so many companies say that, but don't practice really what they preach, right? And Rena said it costs money, right? You need all sorts of training. And, you know, it's just easier to say, and I know in my experience, it's just easier to say, yeah, great, get on a forklift and move this from here to here. And then, you know, you move something, you know what you're doing and you hurt somebody. You yeah. Somebody. And, and and I know like I, listening to it, you know, you know, there was talks around, you know, companies and, you know, cost concerns around it. And yeah, that's certainly true that that's, that that is the case oftentimes, but it's workers as well, right? Like I know uh, I'm just as guilty this times. I'm lazy, right? And, right. oh, I don't have a pair of safety glasses around and I, I'm just going to make, the, it's just one cut. I'm yeah. just going to make this cut and, and whatever, right? We all do it. And, right. you know, so I, I think, yes, companies should be held accountable and we should say we're there, we're there at fault and, 
when they're when they're putting people's lives in jeopardy. But then we also have to look at ourselves and say, you know, no, you just got to stop and take the time and, and do it right. right. And, and hopefully we can we can get there. And another question I have for because I know that I'm sure your listeners the same thing. Where are where is the next generation of tradespeople going to come from? Do you think? Where what are we going to do to spread the word that going to school and spending 140, 160,000 on college education, you know, we need welders, we need plumbers, we need carpenters, electricians. Yeah, I mean, I think it's what everybody else has said. So I'm not saying anything novel here. It's, you know, it's trade schools. Um, it's parents because right. it's they want their kid to go. Right. Say their kid goes to Stanford or yep. or what have you. Um, but, you know, there's interesting things happen out, out, out there. And I think people are waking up to the value proposition of college and it's just not there anymore. Right. Um, and I think young, there's young people like there's um, this woman, Alexandra, I think it's Alexandra Smith uh, and she goes by the little operator and huh. she's an equipment operator up in, uh, they do most of their work in New Hampshire and her and her father do it. And like, she's, you know, she has a nice little social media following and she's encouraging young people. She's 20 something years old yeah. and an equipment operator and she's doing great stuff. And I think more people seeing that and realizing that, Oh, Hey, I, that's, something that I could do that I would enjoy and would be profitable. And I don't need to go to college to do that. I think that goes a long way. And then they've kind of rebranded, but there was a thing called Lambda school out there by this guy, Austin Allred. And it's not in the construction industry. It's in the computer side of things, but their whole model is um, it's like an 18 month program. It's online. All their instructors are from industry, but like, let's say you took app building through them when you leave, you have the ability to build an app in Android, iOS, and whatever else. And they charge you nothing. And then when you graduate, you pay a percentage of your salary. Wow. If you, if you make over, I think, 50000 you pay a percentage of your salary for three years. And if you make like more than 120 you don't pay the percentage on that. Wow. So they just basically say, you can come for free. And you will get a job and that's how we'll get our money back. And if you don't get a job because we didn't do a good job of teaching you, you pay nothing. So th there are some interesting models happening out there. And I think, uh, I, I think more and more people are waking up, but I, I think it's the two things it's um, trade school and some of it's just an ego thing, right? Where. Yep. Parents yeah. Reeducating parents. Right. So it's not that. It's not a bad thing, you know, if your son or daughter or your child goes to a folk school and goes and becomes an electrician because the electricians that go out there and make six figures and don't have any of that college debt, right? They, it's a skill they have the rest of their life. And then um, do you think going, you know, high school students, folk school is one thing, but do you think you, people need to go back and educate even younger middle school students? Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, but I think the, the, I think the whole, like, even outside of, construction the narrative just has to change which is like it's uh, i love the math on you know 
getting a, an apprentice or being an apprentice or whatever and making money for four years right versus paying money like that math is unbelievable but taking the financial side of it out out of it like the narrative should be what 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 is going to make you happy do you enjoy working with your hands and being outside right then that's all that should matter and i think that's a societal problem right because um people think making the most amount of money is going to make them happy and they think that they have a prestigious job or their kid gets a prestigious job that that's going to make them happy like and you know you know to be able to say that they're an accountant or an architect or something like that is uh you know something of value but i don't think that's of value right if you're happy and you enjoy what you do and financially you're doing well then I think that's it. But I think people are just um, battling a lot of stereotypes and that's tough to get through. I mean, I, I even do it now. Like I don't, I do nothing physical during my day, but when people hear I'm in construction, they automatically think, you know, I can come fix their porch or yeah. swing a hammer, toilet, right? I'm like, <laughs> right. you know, it's just people have a warped sense of what construction is and I think and we've help we've tried we've tried talking to some students about you know being in construction is just doesn't necessarily mean you know fixing up toilet or rebuilding a deck or swinging a hammer. There's there's the management side as well. So if you sit and then if you go to college and go to a school and you get your degree in construction management, you're not swinging a hammer, but you're 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 you know you're behind the scenes a little bit helping build the building with you know construction management you're looking at estimating everybody out there's overestimators so if you're good at math you know maybe you're not going to go be a math teacher or be a math professor somewhere but you can go and be an estimator if you're good at math so there's other avenues to go into rather than swing the hammer but all we talk about in the trades world is, is a shortage of trades people there's like 336,000 welders in the next so many years hmm. they're just welding as a skill it's it's an art it's not something that anybody can do right you've got to you know learn how to do it go to school and learn how to do it so it's a it's actually you know amazing that in the next couple of years how many the the average age of electrician is 57 plumbers are 59 you know plumbers are getting older you know no one's come up to take their place so there's going to be a massive shortage in the next couple of years and we had the luxury of talking to a couple of young people in april was uh women in construction month so we had a few women on a few children's book authors uh Paige the plumber uh she was on she's mm. a young person from Pennsylvania uh, who loved just being a plumber as in high school and she loved it so much that when she left high school she wanted to go um into the construction management side of things and she her parents own um real estate and they were like oh we got to call the plumber again the plumber can't come out and the plumber is going to cost us a lot of money to replace the toilet so she learned how to do all those things on her own mm. replace a toilet fix a flapper on a, to- on, a, on a toilet she's got a oh. the books are pretty cool i'll mm. show you one oh yeah look at that right so oh. she was um, she not only did she write the book right had it published but she did all the drawing inside she loves to just draw wow she's again public speaking going to schools talking to people about the trades you know it's just you got to get out there and talk to people. And, and again, it's education, right? You got to talk to the guidance counselors. Maybe college isn't for everybody, right? But you also don't have to 
get out of high school and go drive for Amazon. You can go and be in the construction trade. So lots going on there. All right. So we're going to turn now to the our favorite part of the whole podcast. It's our lightning round. Joey's looking forward to this. This is going to be a good I'm one. Gonna, I'm going to crash and burn, but let's go for it. No, you're going to do great. We won't, we won't, we, we won't attack any pop culture stuff for you because okay. that but this is simple stuff. Uh, but something like um what book or movie have you read or seen recently you would recommend and why? I wouldn't say necessarily recently, but the one I go to is um, the Paleo Solution by Rob Wolf. Ooh, I think I've heard of that one before. What's that? What's that all about? Um, you know, I, I I don't like the term, and neither does he. But it's just about um, kind of what humans were meant to eat, yeah, and right. why a lot of what we eat causes problems for us, and. You know, I've had family members get off medication by reading that book and myself dropped 40 pounds, got rid of a blood sugar issue. And so that's a, that one's a life changer. All right. So Paleo Solution, put that on your to read book list. Uh, And he's a funny guy too. He actually makes science funny. What what was the worst job you ever had? I look back fondly on it, but uh, I would say in high school, I did landscaping and the gentleman that I worked for did not really believe in renting equipment. <laughs> so uh, there would often be, we would show up and there would be a, you know, a oak tree stump and he'd just give you a grub hoe and say, okay, we got to get that stump out. Yikes. So I would say that's, <laughs> that was, uh, those days were the worst days, but I really enjoyed landscaping though. Uh, that sounds like some people I've worked for before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could choose two famous people to have at dinner with you, who would they be? Two famous mm-hmm. people to have over for dinner. Who would oh, you bring the pop culture stuff. I don't know. Uh... Yeah, but it could be anybody. It could be anybody. Yeah. Uh... Be so- someone from history. Anybody you want? Hmm. I'd like to have Joe Rogan over. Yes, that's a great one. I would too. Wouldn't it be great to talk to him for? Just give me 20 minutes. That's all I need. Yeah, because he just has spoken to so many amazing people. Right. Um, <laughs> and then Elon Musk. I'd probably yeah. Rogan and Elon Musk. I, I would have to say, I think, yeah, those would be my uh, my top five, I'd say. I would love to talk to. So Rogan, right? And his mm. podcast is wonderful because they just talk about whatever. Three hours are just whatever, right? It's crazy. Yeah. They just talk about whatever. They, they, mm. They're all over the place. They're politics. They're science. They're their religion, their sports, their MMA, they're all over the place. It's great. Yeah. And, and Elon Musk, right? Just the, the crazy stuff that he's done. Uh, his book is amazing. I've read his book. It's amazing. But as a oh, child, as a child, he wrote down a, a wish list of things he wanted to do, right? So it was uh, it was create an electronic payment system, which he did with PayPal, right? It was create an electric car, which he did. He would go to Mars as one of them. There's all sorts of guys, like wish list stuff he wants to do when he's done. So the mm-hmm. book is amazing. Uh, how he went to Russia some suitcases full of money, wanted to buy some old missiles to build the rockets. And they were like, nah, 10 million is not enough. So he said, all right, whatever. I'm just going to do it myself. And so he came back to the States. He bought that Boeing plant or whatever over in California. That's where he started building the uh, SpaceX. The, the SpaceX. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And what he's doing with the boring stuff, like, yeah. I, like it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, would you go with aliens if they beamed down to Earth? no no you wouldn't go you wouldn't go to you know, all right no i'm good <laughs> uh, 
If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing the rest of your life, what would it be? Unlimited supplies. Good one. Soda water? Salt water? No, soda water. Soda water. Oh, you drink a lot of soda water? Like San Pellegrino. Like <laughs> the stuff's expensive. I could just have glass bottles of that line around. I love yeah. it. Would you rather lose all your money or all of your pictures? Jeez. Um, you must get long delays from people. Uh, right? Well, on these questions? Yeah, sometimes we do. Um, I've had some people listen to previous episodes and, and they try to plan it out. And we tend to ask yeah. different questions. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'd rather, like I said, rather lose all my pictures. Yeah, I think so too. I'm with you. Uh, favorite tradition or holiday? Easter. Oh, okay. and uh, no one's ever said Easter before. Yeah, well, mom's side of the family is Italian, and there was a lot of great uh, dishes yep. oh, yeah. that would get get made, and I still do them now with my son. So. It's, what, do you, uh, what do you what do you make? Because my wife's Italian, full blown Italian family. We just had Italian Easter, so what do you make Yeah, so they'll have ever here like the there's so many different. If you look it up, it's spelled yeah. so many different ways, and it's like a dialect, like we would call it pizza gaina, hmm. which would it's like a mixes of meats and cheeses and in into like a a pie. I wonder if that's if they do that. Some people spell it with a CH, some people spell it with a G, and it's just eggs and regatta and all the different cold cuts. And instead of slices, you get like you cut them in chunks and then you make a dough. And then so it's kind of Sounds delicious. like a calzone, but like a thickness of like a cheesecake. Do you, do you make regatta pie? Yes, love regatta pie. We, yeah, we just had a regatta pie. My wife makes for the, for the neighborhood, but I got to deliver them. And I yep. never had them before. So we also uh, eat the regatta pie. Even Would sometimes do a homemade regatta. We'll make Ooh, it ourselves. Too. Uh, my wife does her own pasta sometimes, makes her own pasta. It's a top Thanks. box. Uh, if you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you choose? Oh, I'd, I'd go with one of the uh, the leopards or something that could run really fast. Yep. And then last one, do you play any instruments? I do not. Zero music ability. And then we always ask this one because it's the Coffee Break podcast. How do, uh, your favorite coffee place? Ah, um, Recreo in right. West Roxbury. Um, How do you like your, what do you get there? What's a good coffee to get there? Um, I, I would say just the a cup of black coffee. Their family, the they're from Nicaragua. The wife of the husband and wife that own it. Her family owns a coffee farm there. They ship the beans here and they roast them in West Roxbury and oh. great cup of coffee. All right. So they actually, in, they're in City Hall as well. They have a shop in City Hall. Really? I want to put that on the to-do list. All right. So that is our friend Joe Kelly from the Mass Construction Show. We thank him for being on. We've got a, uh, we'll have him on a few more times because he's got a lot of great stories to share and go check out his podcast. Thanks, Mike. I can't thank Joe Kelly from Mass Construction Consultants enough for being on with us. 
I, again, another great guest. I could talk to you for hours about things. Uh, it's only a short podcast, so we keep it short, but it's great to have him on. And then um, Allison's not with us today. She is off today, but we're going to throw it over to Kayla now. She's going to give us some upcoming trainings. Hey, everybody. So for September, we have a few trainings coming up. We have OSHA 30 uh, hour for construction. That is September 12th, 1926 and October 3rd from 8, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, so it is a full day and that is here in our Woburn office. We also have basic incident investigation. That's September 13th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. So it is at night. We have a sheet metal prep course for anybody who is going to take their exam. That's September 16th from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, and then we have Find Space, September 20th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. We have a pipe fitter prep for exam. So for anybody who's going to take their exam for pipe fitters, September 16th and 23rd, that's 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, and then our last one here, we have continuing education for plumbers and gas fitters. So that's a session. That's a C, a 16-hour CE session. It's September 28th from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. And all of our pricing is right on the website. If you go on to gwgci.org, you can click on calendar and right there you'll have a, a like list view of all the trainings. You can see the pricing for ABC members, non-ABC members, and all the dates and information that you need. So just going back to our favorite part of the podcast, or I mean Mike's favorite part, sorry, not my not not mine necessarily. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. I, I love everything about the podcast. We're Man. here for the favorite part. Let's do it. <laughs> Everybody's favorite part of the podcast. Now the news. The news. Uh, this week's this week's yeah. weekly update, sponsored by Kenny and Sam's and Patriot Benefit Services, feature news of the week. And uh it's a over hundred members gathered at the Cove in Fall River for ABC Massachusetts Associate and Supplier Member Marketplace. Uh, it was called the Last Blast of Summer. It was a fantastic event. Carol Fayola did a wonderful job putting it together. The location was beautiful. It was right on the water. You could step outside, and the sunset was beautiful, and it was just a great place. Food was great. Uh, conversation was great. Networking was, ama was amazing. So uh, thanks to everybody who took part in that. Uh, also want to congratulate Steve Sullivan, who last week held the graduation ceremony for the, his pre-apprenticeship cohort. Uh, which was put on with the help by the Mass Hire Metro North Cummings Foundation Summer Grant. Uh, class went all summer long. Students participated in an 80-hour internship. Uh, they're going to get OSHA 10 card. Uh, if you want more information about the cohort, how you can help or how you can talk to these pre-apprenticeship people, you can reach out to steve at abcma.org. Uh, let's see here. Edit some of this out. Uh, architect and inaugural Excellence Construction Awards Judge Edso has died at the age of 80. He's a well-known and highly regarded architect and partner in the firm of Tussauds, Cobus, and Associates. Uh, he passed away at the age of 80 years old. He was an inaugural judge for ABC Massachusetts Excellence in Construction Awards. Let's see. Uh, a few member updates. We've got Bald Hill Builders completes university projects. They wrapped up a series of projects at BU and Northeastern University. Uh, they completed some private office spaces, a spacious conference room, a lounge, uh, they revamped the Marino Center locker rooms at Huntington Ave. Looks beautiful. Uh, shout out to Wayne J. Griffin Electric, Mark's 30th anniversary of its apprenticeship program. Uh, as always, if you want to be on the podcast, you can reach out to me, Mike at GWGCI.org. If you want to put anything in the newsletter, you can reach out to communications at ABCMA.org. 
All right, so episode 89, getting ready to wrap it up here. Back to school. We're back in school. If you haven't registered for class, you can do so at gwgci.org. Many classes are full. So if you're trying to register for classes and you cannot, reach out to someone here at the office, 781-270-9990. Somebody here can help you out. We can get you going. Uh, Please don't be afraid to uh, reach out to anybody else. We can help you. To all the students, good luck this year. Have fun. Uh, make sure to follow, tag, listen, share, push, market, do what you got to do. Everything. Uh, everything. All the social, social media. Videos. We're on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. We're on TikTok. You know, Instagram. And, you know, TikTok. But uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.